from the high desert in the great American Southwest. I bid you all good evening or good morning, as the case may be. This is 11 O'Clock Comics, episode 34. Call me Batlight. <laughs> no, that's Tom Morris. <laughs> I, I, you know, I heard uh, on uh, the last uh, the last episode of AC they were giving more Vince uh, Vince to be love. Were they really? What they yeah, say? Love? Well, if you never listen to the goddamn show. You would I do it just like I'm a little behind. I got like maybe yeah. twenty or twenty five. <laughs> twenty or twenty five <laughs> episodes to go. Great. No, I, I I check in regularly. What yeah, they say? Sal, Sal was just talking about what a wonderful person you were. Well, Sal and I are cut from the same cloth. Uh, we, it's a it's a big blanket. But yeah, 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 we are. We're we're very much the same uh, the same person. Only he's better looking. <laughs> That's do? for sure. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Wood gets his first dig on the on the on his uh, on his oh, return, yeah. uh, return to the show. He's bringing the heat. <laughs> well, apparently, everyone loved how much how shit Sal gave Vince. So I guess that's uh, we need to step up on that front. Sal did give me shit. We were this was love. It was a mutual reach around. Welcome to Eleven O'clock Comics. I'm Vince B. I'm Christopher Neesman. I'm David Price. And I'm Rod Dealmaker Blagojevic. Oh, I knew it was coming. Okay. As, as, as hey, soon as leave, that news hit. Leave, leave my governor alone. What's up he is with my, that, dude? Not, not just my governor, guys. My neighbor. I was there two days oh, ago. Rolling. And, uh, no, it's uh, other side of the tracks. <laughs> but, um, uh, actually, yeah, like saw the news vans and that kind of stuff. I was like, what the hell's going on over at Rod's house? But, uh, um, yeah, he does. He was like four blocks from me. It, no, it noticed that I live in Chicago. He lives in Chicago. Chicago is not the capital of Illinois. He lives in Chicago, does not live in Springfield. So that's always kind of rubbed people the wrong way. But, uh, yeah, he's, he's a dirtbag. My, my neighbor is a dirtbag. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But wow. if I had enough money, I could be a senator. Or a, yeah, nice, a nice dirty pair of knee pads. So. Oh, God. Yeah, really. <laughs> yes, you're not, Rod. No, you're Jason Wood. Wood. And you're back. Uh, yes, you're back from assignment in Florida. Yeah, you can hear the crickets, right? No. <laughs> I, I just lost I, half our listeners with my return. I, <laughs> I have great faith that you are going to bring the comic heat this week. Oh uh, yeah, I'm bringing the heat. Great faith. But let me uh, let me take a moment to thank 
Sal for doing a great job of standing in for uh, for me, David, and Chris last week. You did a great job. So. <laughs> God, that's yeah, now not you, right. Now you guys know what it's like for me every other Friday. <laughs> <laughs> and did, didn't I going in tell you that if I talked over every, anybody to tell me to shut up, nobody told me to shut up, so I kept going. Yeah, uh, it, was, it was actually, you guys had a great, uh, a great conversation about, about RIP. It was, and, and probably not two better guys that are suited for it where, you know, Vince loves the, the meta that Morrison brings to comics writing. And, um, you know, Sal and I were actually talking about the next day and he's like, you know, I, I didn't really mention it on the show, but whenever we got into the, not the Morrison versus more debate, but talking about why we, you know, the two of us like Alan Moore uh, a little bit more, it's realized that his, a lot of his references are literary, where Morrison gets a lot more meta in his stuff. And, his, his, and, I, yeah. and I, yeah, and I think that Sal and I both, um, uh, both appreciate uh, Alan Moore's literary references and kind of that vein of, of what he does. Both great writers. So how have you guys been? Uh, did you, did you guys, uh, did you guys read anything besides R.I.P. last week? I wasn't sure. <laughs> I was going apeshit this weekend with stuff that as far removed from R.I.P. as you can possibly get. Because oh. I've been, I've been talking D.C. up every single week, usually, mm-hmm. and I said, well, you know, let's just give that a break for a little while. I'll be giving them enough love. I was going to focus on the big M, Marvel specifically, and oh, I, got, I got a little bit something else in there. No, it's not Spider-Man. Right. No, but I don't want to hear from me. Was that first good, off? Though? Oh, yes. Have you, have, you got, have you guys read the last two issues of Spider-Man? Hell yeah! Yeah. Holy shit! Oh my god! It's like Amazing Spider-Man's awesome. bad. Telling yeah. you, and, and that's and, what we. Hey, hey, I'm I glad. You, I'm glad you're telling us, Vince. I wasn't. A, I wasn't a Straczynski hater. <laughs> I actually dick. liked. You know, but you know the spider totem stuff. I actually kind of got into. I thought it was interesting. But good lord, these are just fun. Spider-Man stories and Marcos Martin. Oh my God, I see the shit. And we mentioned Swing Shift on the forum today in in uh, yes. relation to DC's free comic book day book for this year, which is Blackest Night number zero. And I said you got to give props to Marvel for last year unleashing a book that was brand new day, and nobody even knew it was brand new day. Yeah. They just thought, wow, this is a decent Spider-Man tale. But little did they know, it was. The new status quo. They slid it under the radar. Mm. And I thought that was really brilliant on their part. But uh, say what you will about the way they got there. Man, the the ends justify the means. I don't, I don't care how horrendous a story One More Day was. This stuff is the bomb. Yeah, well, I, guess, I, I guess it kind of proves that sometimes you have to burn it down. To uh to to rebuild it and they that's I mean right. they're yeah. I mean they they burn it down in in one more day that's for sure, um, but uh, no it's it's cool man I'm I'm enjoying it yeah the past past few issues I mean you had the uh, the first meeting of the Punisher with Brand New Day Spidey not their first meeting because I don't want people to think oh well they're just retelling old stories or this is the first time they met no they've met before it was just now is the first time since all that nonsense, and uh, and then the last two issues with with two shockers. One was the villain, <laughs> one was the uh, and and one was the big reveal at the end of the first at the end of the first part. Yeah, you're right. We're probably going to prepare for some kind of end of the year best of list. Not not for the show, but everybody does it. 
and I'm sure we'll have one on our forum. I think these last two Marcos Martin covers for uh, 578, 579, I seriously am considering that cover for best cover of the year. It is. It's it's near perfect. It that really the, is. The, the, the two issues ago. Yes, last last okay. week's right. Yeah. Oh, last, yeah. Last, with, last week was yeah, Spidey the versus the Shocker. Yeah. 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 With the Shocker on the cover. Yeah. Well, apparently uh, Mario Muscar believes that uh, I believe that every comic is the best of. For the <laughs> end of the year. <laughs> he was giving me today on. Uh, he yeah. He was calling me out on yeah. it, so I had to give him a little little shit back. But, Mario's uh, good people. We love Mario. He is, he's not around the forums enough. No. Show yourself, well, Mario. Well, because he, he has a life. <laughs> <laughs> well, he yeah, he, he's reliving all of the uh, the, the beauty and the geek um, <laughs> glory that, that he had. Yeah. So, no, Mar- Mario's seen, I know there's a lot of stuff we have to talk about, but something seems a little off. Yeah, that? something's not right. Oh, Jesus, we didn't even do the drink thing. No. Oh, thank you, David. Um, well, I got a good one this week, too. Um, okay, Vince is drinking Yingling. Uh, Wood, what are you drinking tonight? <laughs> I got no, some. I'm sorry, Vince. Are you drinking the Yingling? <laughs> Let's just move it on over to Wood. Okay, <laughs> Wood, yes. what do you have <laughs> I am drinking some Grey Goose with Diet Dr. Ooh. Pepper. Wait, Grey Goose with what? With Diet Dr. Pepper? <laughs> that sounds terrible. That's delicious. <laughs> Have I mean, you ever had like Stoli vanilla with with uh, cream soda or something like that? It's kind of like that. That's fucking good, okay. man. Don't knock it till you try it. <laughs> no, I'm not laughing at that. I'm laughing at David playing Lassie and trying to get Timmy out of the well. He talks into the glass. <laughs> That's right, baby. Well, I wasn't talking. I was laughing. David's <laughs> All right, David. What are you drinking tonight? I'm uh, I'm going to be like Vincent. I'm just going to repeat my drink for a couple of weeks because, well, it wasn't a pay week. I'm going back to the uh, Jim Beam and uh, lemon-lime uh, soda. Ain't nothing, uh, nothing wrong with that. So not squirt, beaming, though, right? Beaming anything. It's not squirt, no. Yeah, seriously, y'all have never had squirt? There's an answer to that in our uh, hotline messages for this week. <laughs> I won't say who, but someone um, calls uh, and says... I've had an accidental squirt into my shorts a few times. But. There, <laughs> squirt, squirt is available on the East Coast. You got you guys come out to come out to Chicago for the big show or the small show, and and we'll we'll hook you up with a, a Jim Beam and Squirt. But well, uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't call Wizard World Chicago a small show. I mean, it's it's nice. You <laughs> uh, sweetheart. Yeah. All right. Um, oh, I'm working smooth. on a big guest. I'm working on a real big guest. So Ooh. we'll see. Okay. Keep your finger, keep your fingers crossed, guys. I am drinking a flying Titsy Fly this week. <laughs> I love it already. Oh it, wow. It, this is called Found a New iTunes uh, or a new iPhone app, and I uh, just kind of picked a drink. And uh, it is, uh, it's two ounces of gin, a half an ounce of triple sec, a, uh, a splash of sour mix, and tonic water over crushed ice. Sounds delicious. It is very tasty. I am, uh, I am enjoying it. So, it's mm. so a flying titsy fly. Excellent. Pretty the name, but uh, it sounds good, though. So, very, very refreshing. Good summer drink. Nice. And we can actually hear it. It's mm-hmm. an audio-visual type thing. No visual, but it's an audio thing. Go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's move it on into the comics. Come on. I'm, I'm dying you? dying to get into it. Um, a huge week, by the way. Did, did anybody else walk out with like, uh, let me see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seven, eighteen comics this week. Oh, I think I beat you. 
Damn. Really? Hey, yeah. Um, let's see. I, w- I was like, seriously, this cannot be happening. It's crazy busy week. What do you end up with? Five, twenty-six, twenty-seven, and nice. within within that think- 20, 27, No, that includes um, trades and hardcovers. I got okay. the Batman Joker's Asylum trade, Guardians of the Galaxy hardcover, Nova hardcover. Mm. Yeah, there's some good reading. Hey, oh is that, yeah, is that Nova hardcover? Is that uh, is that oversized like the um, uh, the Annihilation? Yeah, it's called Annihilation. Okay, it's, so I think it, it's the it, first seven. What's well, the first? Yeah, it sounds issue. right. Oh, the first twelve issues of Nova. Oh, it is cool. Even better. Yeah, it's the, it's the it's the first twelve issues of Nova, and yeah, it is. It's billed as uh, uh, Annihilation Nova. And so you got some uh, Peltier Magyard in there too. Heck yeah, it's a fun series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Uncle Scrooge came out today, so woohoo! It's a big uh, week. Oh, sweet. that was seventy bucks right there. Yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> um, you guys pick Worth up everything. Phonogram, phon- phonogram uh, Volume Two, Number One came out today. Mm. Nope. Did, yeah. did did you guys read the first phonogram series? Yeah. It's it, it's something that you either like or you don't like, and mm-hmm. you kind of being a fan of Britpop obviously is um, it helps. But Vince, I'd be shocked if you didn't like. Did you not like phonogram? I very much enjoyed the first volume. Okay, yeah. okay. As, I mean, the whole idea is as music as magic is is. I mean, that's that's Vince B. Right there. That's everything is magic. But yeah, yeah. If, if it wasn't Brit Pop, if it was like Frank Zappa, then it would be. <laughs> it would just be called Vince B. Then I'd be, be writing it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But uh, no, beautiful stuff. If you guys um, um, are familiar with the first volume, it was all black and white. Well, this is um, Jamie McKelvey in color, which nice. you may have seen in uh, Suburban Glamour, which was the series that he wrote and drew. But this is Kieran Gillen back writing, and uh, they make a great team. Uh, the the Gillen McKelvey team. It's a it's a gorgeous book i love jamie's art just in he's kind of has that that even um stroke weight to yeah. to his to his work that it, it's very clean it's almost it has a very pop art feel to it and uh yeah it's it's fun especially if you're a music fan and double if you're a brit pop fan so very cool stuff oh you know what that's very neat that it's in color yeah that's a beautiful. step up which is which good for them well, they'll sell twice as many copies because black and white books only. You know, you can cut the cut the sales in half on those for some reason. Yeah, so. I, I'm going to relegate myself to trades on the Image miniseries. Most of the Image miniseries. Mm-hmm. That's Fair just how I, I enjoy reading them like that. Mm-hmm. Sure, understandable. Speaking yeah, of, I, um, uh, I Kill Giants, uh, the sixth issue came out today, and I'm waiting for the trade on that one. Is that the end of the series? I think it's got two more. Actually, I think it's oh. six of eight. Or I, six I, of seven. It may have one more. Seven, I think, yeah. yeah. I, too, am waiting for that trade. I love the style of art. It's really nice looking. Yeah, a little too manga for me. But <laughs> <laughs> You know what? I, I was going to do a speaking of trades, but I'll do a speaking of manga, too. Because the, the first well, trade I read is very manga-esque. Uh, manga-esque, I said. Now, you're going to disagree with me, but I know you flipperheads have a problem with Jeff Loeb. You're either hot on him or cold on him, right? Yeah. I read the Red Hulk hardcover. Mm. I love every damn page of this thing. Really? Yes. It is so pretty. It's, I, uh... I, I, I know I don't want to call the writing unintelligent, but <laughs> it's a big, dumb story. 
Yeah. Meaning, meaning just put the pedal to the metal, strap in, put the cruise control on, and just let him take you to the end because it's, it's just so kinetic. There's huge panels in this thing. It's not, that's just, why, it's not just punching. There's a mystery there. Right. There is a mystery, but that's what I meant. I didn't want to, anyone just, who hasn't read this that I'm <laughs> calling. The mystery is look for the end of the story. No, well, no, 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 no. It's not going to be in the first hardcover. No, it's a lot of fun, and that's what I mean by dumb. Not unintelligently written, just semi-mindless semi fun. Yeah, it's great. Kind of a throwback, yeah. yeah. And you know, I think McGinnis, the little signpost uh, to the testament of the man's uh, strengths, notwithstanding, because there's a little tiny Kirby signpost in one of the panels, McGinnis is channeling the king with this book. It's very Kirby-esque. Yeah, especially especially at the end of the first chapter when uh, Ross and Samson go to meet Banner. And you, you don't even see his eyes. you got the glasses. It's just... Right. it's it's. Look at the panel where... Sometimes you baffle me. No, no, no. Uh, let, let, <laughs> let's, let's set... You're getting Sometimes. trouble you called crazy because you're looking for all this meta-textual stuff that <laughs> other people aren't sure there. And then today you come in and you rave about the dumbest, most mass-marketed book on the planet right now that oh, every, he's complex. every, every, he's, every he's, dim brain is buying, and I can't figure out why. It's because it's, it's fun. two sides to every coin. It's fun. This, what, what about this book is not fun? All right. All let's right. set it up. I'm, let's I'm, just set it up. I'm... I'm, <laughs> no, I'm it, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming but, that... Right, pack up your bags. Let's go. I got a podcast next door. Come on. <laughs> I, I'm assuming that this story takes place right after World War Hulk. Banner's been incarcerated yes. for his crimes. He's yes. in a high-security, very uh, tech-heavy cell that if he, if he even makes a move to seem like he's going to break out... He's gassed. gassed. Yeah. yeah. So he's in the Nevada desert in a, in a military installation underground... With, with no people around. Right, with scores of fail-safes. There's eye scans, hand scans, whatever, just to get to see Banner. And we have a Red Hulk running around killing people. Mm -hmm. Just fly, finally... With giving, guns. Right, but finally giving the Abomination his due. Because Emil Blonsky, not one of my favorite characters. Couldn't stand him for a lot of years. And what he did to Betty in Peter David's run just made it even... I, I just the guy's disgusted. Well, he did that in David's run. I thought that was still part of Jones's run. Okay, one of those runs. The end of okay. the, yeah, somewhere along the line, whatever Blonsky did, I, you remember what he did. I'm not going to spoil it. But so the Hulk is running around killing people, like David said, with guns, and they're huge guns. And <laughs> it, during uh, a sequence in the book, it's traced back to Shield technology. And not only does this Hulk have access to Shield technology, freaking Iron Man, he he knows a lot about a lot of people he's got well, the you know good, who he is don't you i don't want to know right now because i only read up guess? figured it out no they haven't told you yet you don't no, know well, uh, who could it possibly be it's it's obviously not let's not spoil the whole book for people it's obviously not the person they set up to be because no, in the sixth true. issue it's revealed that it's not him so the guy's got access to Stark technology. He's very intelligent because he bamboozled the computers on the uh, Shield helicarrier into giving him information, and he did he did some other stuff requiring intelligence. He's second guessing uh, Leonard Sampson and Thunderbolt Ross. Yep. The guy's got some kind of smarts working for him, and he knows who these people are. He knows Rick Jones's history. I have two words for you. Who? What? Clay Quartermain. Could be, because they, they went out of their way to say that Clay Quartermain was dead. Yeah, they did. And they showed the body, which could have been, geez, it's comic books. It could be anything, really. 
Yeah, that's that could why. be a life model decoy. Yeah. Now, let me say, let, let me be, let me be clear as I'm ripping you that I am a big hypocrite because there hasn't been an issue of this book I haven't fucking bought myself yet. So. And tell me, and, and even though, even though we're focusing on the first hardcover, the last three, and I, I say three because of the king size Hulk that kicked yeah. it off, but the last three issues written by Loeb with two stories mm-hmm. with 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 half a, with half an issue done by Art Adams and Walden Wong and the second by Frank Cho those have been i mean aside from just looking gorgeous cuz i could stare at those pages for days it just continues the fun it is just yep. mindless i mean the punisher used to be a guilty pleasure but this has surpassed it yeah. well i will say i mean that's exactly right for me i i literally was going to cancel the book Previews came. I saw the name Art Adams and Frank Cho on tears and said, you have to be kidding me. I mean, this is, these are two of the only guys that could have made me keep this book. And now I can't – now they're only doing, I think, what? A, a couple I, think, I, think the, I think number nine concludes both stories, but I don't know if they might – Yeah. So, I mean, they may swap. They may alternate. They may just do special stories flashbacks, yeah. things like that. But, I mean, I don't want them to go away. And, I mean, shit, this is the most sequential Art Adams artwork we've seen in a exactly. while. So exactly. keep him but, around. Yeah, you know, I would buy a speedball book by Art Adams. So. <laughs> <laughs> but Loeb's modus operandi with this book is exactly the same trick he pulled on Superman Batman. The everything in the kitchen sink, pedal to the metal type story where – Lots of characters. If you remember the Superman Batman, he had Batzaro, Bizarro in there. He had that the Ultimates knockoff that he created. What was the name of that team? The uh, Mac, the Mac, the Maximums or something. Oh, I never read it. There was an Avengers type super team within Superman Batman that were very close to the Avengers or the Ultimates. So I mean, it's the same same formula he's using here. Throw a shitload of characters in here. You have Thor, Iron Man, Namor, the, the Thing. No. There's knockoffs too, Lord Havoc and the Extremists. Oh, right. Yeah, but this is more, I mean, it was blatantly, blatant that they were derived from the Avengers. There was a a Norse god and a, yeah, read it, Superman, Batman. It's good. It's even, it's low, but it's good. But he's, he's throwing everything in here to dazzle your eyes and distract you from the mystery. And that's pretty smart because when I see Ursa Major and Darkstar on the page, the, uh, the Winter Guard, that's just, (laughs) it just screams fun to me. And She-Hulk punching Ursa, and, <laughs> and the way the bear's face looked, just oh my god! Yeah, and he cut her, which is really <laughs> he cool. He cut but I'm the just, bitch. Dude, look, look at <laughs> do you bleed green? Look at the one page where um, the okay, so the Leonard Sampson, Thunderbolt Ross, and company are in Russia investigating the murder of the Abomination, and he's trying to reverse engineer the events. So he's using uh, Jen as a punching dummy and the one panel when uh i think he says now i'm going to work on your face that is pure kirby that it looks like big barda oh her face yeah yeah, yeah. mcginnis's art is so sweet i got the diabetes from reading this he, made, <laughs> he makes he makes iron man's current armor look good honest and, to god you're, you're, that's you're just right. some, some stuff you ain't lying oh uh, and it's and you know i can definitely this book is see the definition of eye candy yeah, we we got the three finger gap on Agent Hill. Yeah, mm. of course we do, mommy. Love oh, it. Yeah, but the, the the double page splashes that he's got going on, where the Red Hulk rips through the side of the Shield Helicarrier and and takes out She Hulk. That's a perfect panel. Oh, that's just when he, slams, he, uh, when he slams the jet down onto Iron Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you were gonna say. 
<laughs> I was going to say, is anyone else infuriated, though, that he's officially no- being referred to as Rolk now? I can't yeah, deal with that. That's just, yeah. that's, that's a little, I mean, I can understand the shorthand if you're writing it, but I mean, to call him that is a little. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, Goofy Fun, I think one of the, one yeah. of the, my, my most favorite characters in the last, like, six months that I've seen is A-Bomb. How, that's just, Rick, Rick Jones as a blue Hulk-like creature with spikes, and he's, and he's called he's A-Bomb. Yeah. What, what? I mean, the new abomination, rather. Yeah, a bomb. Well, what's man. not to what's not to like about that? It's, to, it's I I don't understand how you could read this being a comic book fan and not just get a Woody over this whole series so far. I mean, it took it it it. I mean, it took a while for everything for all six issues to come out, and that's that that's fine. I mean, it's not like the, these were. It's not like there was a ton of detail in these panels for whatever reason. You know, whatever caused it to be delayed. I think there were obviously other things that you could have been reading while waiting for this. So, you know, it was, in that sense, I think it was worth the wait. And it was, you know, I'm not real sure how I feel about Loeb's writing of Jen Walters. I mean, there's some, it it sounds like he was definitely channeling Peter David in some regards. Like when she says, I could be getting paid for this, uh, when he's whole uh, run through. I mean, there were definitely some some Peter David-esque uh, right, but if you're going to take a book like this and pick apart the dialogue, not that that's what you're doing, but let, let's just say you're going to heavily focus on the dialogue. The double page splash with, right? The double page splash with Iron Man saying "Old oh, humanity" when the fucking <laughs> shield helicarrier falls. That if that panel, I I almost literally blew chunks when I read that because it's uh, so lame. Looks but like it, the pretty pictures. But it's fun, yeah. This book is just plain fun. Bizarro shit planet. Six and a half minutes into the show. Uh, we do have squared on East Coast there, fella. Uh, my my dad was a bit of a teetotaler himself or whatever. So uh, I'm very familiar with the squirt. It's actually my favorite soda out of the uh, lemon-lime bunch there. Bye-bye. Hi. Another awkward voicemail. Um, so, uh... Yeah, I'm up to the first voicemail, and I'm I'm gonna call and be a little positive. I, I just I just love all you guys to death. I cannot wait for each episode. Uh, thank you for having the Thanksgiving episode up immediately. I did not expect to get that until Friday or Saturday, maybe due to the holiday. So uh, I want to give thanks for that. And um, Daryl for Secretary of Comics Integrity. Goodbye. Hi. Look, I'm I'm just going to keep calling until I uh get comfortable talking to this thing. So uh, get fucking used to this. Um, I just want to take a moment to mention Moon Knight. Hey, uh, how about that Moon Knight comic? Any anybody out there uh, reading that third thing? Bye bye. Hi. Uh, yeah, I'm really surprised the uh, events uh being uh. Cuckoo Magoo that he is didn't say uh, Jason and Damien. How how I was how fun of a book would that be? There's Jason and Damien running around Gotham, fucking people up. I mean, you know, I mean they are kind of I kind of see them as sort of kindred spirits. You know, um, kind of children of this legacy that are kind of not really of it. They're just shit. Uh, what do I want to say? Um, well, 
they're the, they're the black sheep of the family, you know? Like, they, they can relate to each other. They can relate better to each other than, they, than uh, obviously, Damien can relate to Tim or um, Jason to Dick. I mean, they're just, you know, they're, they're the outsiders. They, and uh, maybe maybe they like being the outsiders or... Mm-hmm. But I don't think they necessarily want to be all in. I mean, I guess he gives off the vibe that he wants to be all in. But uh, I don't think he really wants to be all in as much as he wants it all for himself. He just kind of sees uh, the Batman as uh, as his inheritance. And he, uh, he wants to make sure that he's first in line since, you know, he can claim blood. Bye-bye. Hi. What happened at the end there? No read Witchblade, no read All Hell Megatron. So, uh, anyway, um, fuck. Oh, read Manhunter, watch Pushing Daisies, and listen to Coldplay. Bill Hanna, saying goodbye. I turn on CGS's Secret Invasion episode. Oh, don't start. <laughs> and who's the first person to contribute? <laughs> Mr. Neesman. And then and I, was, I was sitting around the house drinking. I guess hey, man, we, don't, I w- we don't have to talk about Secret Invasion now since you all got it covered on another show. Mm, it, was ter- yeah. it was terrible. Move on. Uh, <laughs> I, just, I just want to say one more thing, and this is directed at my buddy David. We, we both are aware of the magnificence of Mark Farmer. The guy mm-hmm. has godlike ability, but I'll tell you, on McGinnis's pencils, I would much rather see Dexter Vines. Oh yes, yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, not that Mister Farmer's issue is in any way lacking, but when compared to Dexter Vines, it, yeah, I'd, I have to go with Vines. As, uh, Vines, uh, Vines is a better, better fit. fit. I mean, yeah. McGinnis is just—he's got that chunky, stocky style, and you, you're used to seeing Farmer, and I'm sure Farmer is just you know, is so used to drawing or embellishing work by Alan Davis or where, where, where the work, where the pencils are either detailed, fluid, curvaceous, you know, I mean, there's, there's an, there's a more, I feel a more organic feel on an Alan Davis page and there is on a McGinnis page, but you're getting a big, powerful impact on a McGinnis page. And I think Vines suits him just fine. And I think this McGinnis art is a little bit more unrestrained more loose than what we're accustomed to from him it looks like he's just laying back and having fun oh it, it, it doesn't look chiseled and no and and, and forced you know, or yeah yeah very good stuff it is really and if if you buy the hardcover they have the chapters broken up into this these faux boxing posters like round one it'll mm-hmm. be you know oh, that's cool. Hulk. round two hulk <laughs> versus iron man it's really neat I liked it a lot, and I got it with a Borders coupon, so it only cost me like 15 bucks. Nice. All right, enough of that. Chris is pre- yeah, he's, he's hocking up a lung over there. <laughs> Money on that. Buy 21 <laughs> books this week, and none of them was going to be fucking Jeff Loeb's Hulk. Um, <laughs> it came out today? I didn't see it. <laughs> Jeff Loeb's Hulk is a hell of a lot better than Jeff Loeb's Wolverine. Oh, yeah. Let's keep it positive, though. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's a positive show. No, that was, it was it was nice the CGS guys to to have us on. Except I was pissed that Peter wasn't there because I was wanting to give him shit because he admitted that he's never read Queen and Country, which kind of ticked me off. So that's uh, I'm gonna have to uh, 
gonna have to I run him down. And well, I, I gotta say, I might have to mail that boy some Queen and Country trades, though. <laughs> uh, move things over to DC here, since you guys are. Are you done jerking off about the Hulk? Can I, we, I'm, yeah, wait I'm a minute. I'm on. Up. Wait, I'm almost there. Can give me oh, a second? Hey, who's got the squirt? <laughs> um, folks that haven't been reading um, Green Arrow, Black Canary. Now mm-hmm. is a really good time to jump on because um, uh, Kreisberg is uh, the guy who's been uh, um, writing Eli Stone. Stone. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's he's been doing some stuff for Eli Stone. Uh, is it Alan or Alex Kreisberg? Uh, Andrew. Andrew Kreisberg uh, just started writing uh, Green Arrow, Black Canary, and I know that uh, that Norton's pretty pretty excited about it. I think he's been really digging um, the scripts he's been been getting on it. So um, from the from the artists. Uh, mouth. I've I've been hearing that uh, that uh, Green Arrow Black Canary is uh, is pretty cool to read right now. So, and the first issue came out today of the new the new team. So issue fifteen. I haven't yeah. read anything yet. I got home like right before we had uh, to call. So I have like this huge stack of comics that I can't wait to dive into. And well, that's number one. Mike seemed excited on your show about on AC about uh, Kreisberg's scripts mm-hmm. and taking it in a little bit in a new direction. I guess he was saying. This is going to be kind of getting away from the the Arrow family feel and a little bit more. Mm, I, I think the Arrow family is still going to be part of it, but it's not going to be. You know, I think it's going to take a little bit more of a backseat. It's really going to be about Green Arrow and Black Canary, and apparently, it's a much more street level um, feel to the book. It's not going to be the globe trotting with the uh, you know the special guest every you know every two issues. Um, it's it's the way I. I kind of interpreted that is that it's going to have more of a daredevil feel to it, not a you know not a Bendis daredevil feel to it. It's just going to be more of like a a street level crime book. So sure. yeah, which is right it, up my alley. Is Mia still in the book? Uh, yes, oh, um, I like Mia a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't I don't know how much of a role she's going to have, but yeah, she, I mean the the Arrow family is still there. Um, one thing that's different is that uh, Cliff Chang isn't doing covers anymore. It's uh, switched to a uh, Ladrone, which I love. Oh, I, I, I love out. both, of, guys. Love both those guys. But uh, yeah, if if Cliff Chang isn't doing covers, then uh, then Ladrone is uh, um, a nice uh, a, a nice replacement <laughs> for that, to say the least. There's which no is one of my favorite. A He's little a little Hulk love. That was one of my favorite parts of, of Planet Hulk was oh, okay, uh, with all the Woodrone covers were awesome. Mm-hmm. I don't but, think there was a, a bad part of Planet Hulk. There wasn't. <laughs> it was no, it's, it's it's my it's my favorite Hulk story. Yeah. For so, for Mario for Mario, I'll say it was the greatest Hulk story ever. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible ending though. And I don't mean terribly written, just terribly heartbreaking ending. Yeah. Oh man. Oh, yeah. Now why does nor not does he not have the time to do covers because he's also doing the Trinity stuff? Is that yeah? Why? And he's yeah. It's he's just. I'm, I'm assuming he's just busy because every right. <laughs> every time I ever talk to him, it's like, yeah, how you doing? Busy. So. Does it ever suck for him though? In the sense that I could be totally off base here. So Norton, if you hear this and I'm wrong, let me know. But wouldn't it be cool if he could do the covers only because covers usually fetch such a a bigger know. markup in the original art market. I mean, wouldn't yeah, that? I, I I don't know. I don't know if he even wants to. I'll I'll I will ask him. I will see. How I'll ask him. Out. I just figured he always contends. He's screaming, and yelling. Do you guys? Are you guys always stunned? It seems like nine out of ten comments I hear about our show either relates to people say something like, "Oh, I, I listen and try and see how many times I want to smash my laptop screen." <laughs> yeah. Or, uh, you know, I, it, it, that, that's kind of the running theme. People listen, I, but they get curious. But, but what's the common denominator? 
they listen. They listen. So yeah. that's all I give a shit about. Yeah. yeah. Well, you- Jay Scarzi sent me a, um, a topic starter that I told Tom about. He's like, oh, my God, please don't talk about that. So, so, <laughs> so Scarzi, I got, I got the message, and I, I, will, I will find an answer for you, but we're not going to talk about it here. Don't worry. Uh-huh. You're, you're <laughs> oh, tickling my, there. Now my curiosity's peaked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you guys later. But uh, in relation to the Norton thing and the covers – Doing covers is a lot different than doing interiors. Sure. And not to say that Mike can't handle covers, but there are some guys that are adept at it, and sure. the, the fans recognize this talent. So I guess it's it's easier for the publisher to throw some money at a at a guy who can draw attention to the book and, yeah. and let Mike ably handle the interiors. I don't know. I don't know why. Yeah, well, it's like on the you know like the Hellboy stuff. Even if Mignola is not doing interiors, if it's a Mignola cover, that just you know gets me all giddy. Yeah, um, you know um, another guy um, um, that does a lot of covers for Marvel, but uh, has uh, has the uh, first issue of a uh, eight issue miniseries come out today. Scotty Young. Uh, Ooh, you guys, uh, yeah, d- have you guys gotten it yet? Uh, Next yeah. week. It- my shipment, yeah. It I'm looks, I'm getting the trade of that. Yeah, so I'm, I'm getting the hardcover. Yeah. It looks, hardcover, but I didn't want to wait. So nice. Yeah. He uh he 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 crushed it, man. It's uh awesome. it, it's it's awesome. It's, it's and I really, saw he's writing Young X Men in the the latest solicits for February. Uh, uh, not the right solicit. It was a mistake on the solicits. Oh, okay. Oh, so but okay. I think he, he is doing he is doing some writing stuff. I think he is I think he's putting some stuff together. But yeah, oh, they had okay. uh, they had they had messed up the solicit on that. Uh, which actually I think he called Sal because I think he may have heard us talking about it. Okay. And it was like, yep, yeah, sorry, wrong solicit. So uh, okay. uh, Damn, if only we had a phone number he could call and tell us that. We do. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I just don't know been? what it is. I don't know what it is. One more time for the hearing of two zero six. Three one two, five two three nine. You know, I have to say, probably one of the funniest moments of last week's episode was in the midst of this R.I.P. back and forth between you <laughs> mullet heads. <laughs> Instead of the typical crazy Daryl call, we get this wonderfully upbeat and positive David D. call where he lists <laughs> twenty things that he wants to talk about being great. <laughs> It just it goes nowhere. You guys, yeah. there's well, never any segue into it or any of the topics. No. Do any of our uh, audio comments from people go anywhere? No, they're no, just like little little turds. You're supposed they're, to. Well, I don't know turds. I won't call them turds. No, they're, but they're <laughs> they just like up, something they, in the room they, they that you look at. Right, right, exactly. That's what they're there for. I, you know, while we're on the subject of screwy solicitations, anyone who buys uh, Mirage Comics Tales of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in this issue of previews the, the no just listen the book is is listed as being 200 pages for 10.99 now i i thought you know anyone who buys tales of the teenage mutant ninja turtles knows that it's a, a 32 or 40 page comic for uh-huh. three and a quarter so i wrote to the people at mirage and asked them what's up uh-huh. and yes diamond screwed up it's a regularly sized okay. issue for the regular price it's not 200 pages and it's not 10.99 and i also alerted Zach Crusey over at DCBS to that fact. So we won't be paying for that and have to get credited later on when they realize that it's a mistake. So I just want to oh. save everybody the you, trouble. Yeah, what could you save in the 12 people that ordered that? Oh, stop. <laughs> oh. 
Oh, we're gonna, you know what? I, I was in an email, uh, a PM back and forth with Malpractice, who's a big Turtles fan, and I said, tell you what, next time Wood takes off, you're on the show, and you and me are going to talk Turtles. And he's like, dude, I'm there. So <laughs> next talk, time, I can talk about the first six it. issues. You know, no. the good ones. No, oh, don't, don't say that. The, the, the latest Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles series is by far the best one. By far. <sighs> All right, never mind. Let's just go in another direction. Please. But I'm telling you, don't <laughs> knock it till you tried it, baby. It's great. Nice. Let's go somewhere. David, what the hell are you reading? Yeah, tell us. Oh, man. You put me on the spot. We already covered the whole... What the hell did I tell you the other day that I was reading? Or, or L- tell us also, how's your job going? Oh, yeah, because people want to hear about my job. Yeah, yeah really. They want to get to know you. No, no they don't. <laughs> I First think they all, already they can, know them. Yeah, they, they, they know me, and there's another little podcast I do. They can find out about that there. Um, oh, okay. You're trying they, to sound up. That's the Nambla Show? Couple, What's that name of that? No, 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 because that's ever since you know you put your poster up for that, and that's just, that, that's just taking an ugly turn. Um, sorry, sorry. That's all right. It's, you know, shit happens. But then I, I was telling you what the hell I was reading the other day. We talked about the Hulk because then I mentioned, you know, so many other things that were going on. And and my, yeah. I don't have any notes at the <laughs> God forbid I, I'd be fucking prepared. We um, are woefully underprepared. We are. What the hell? Uh, well, I read, well, we're not going to talk about more Batman, but I think most of us read 682 by now. Yeah. Um, X-Force with freaking appearance by Ghost Rider out of the goddamn blue. You know you know who else shows up in X-Force? Who? The Demon Bear. Get out of here. Nah, man. Nah, it's... Who's writing I, this thing? Yost and, uh... Yost and Craig, uh, Craig, Craig Kyle, Kyle and, uh... Yeah, Craig Kyle and, uh... Oh, what issue number is this for those this taking eight, notes at Eight home? and nine. Nine was the one that I read, but the Demon Bear showed up at the end of issue eight because uh, Proud Star is going on, like, his little vision quest or whatever. Nice. And uh, and Demon Bear is showing up to uh, kick his ass a bit, and uh, and because he's out in Arizona, I guess uh, it didn't really look like Johnny Blaze, so I'm guessing it may have been Danny Ketch, but Danny Ketch has his own thing going on, fighting his brother in Ghost Rider, and he's got his own mini with Ghost Rider Danny Ketch, where he's not really the Spirit of Vengeance, but we don't know what's going on with that yet, because the second issue... I haven't read the second issue yet, but uh, that's that's a little weird for me because it's it's a Danny Ketch story, so it's cool that it's penciled by Javier Salteres, but it's inked by Tom Palmer, and Palmer can be a little heavy-handed at times, so it's it's weird a not seeing Tex ink Salteres, but two to see Palmer inking a Ghostwriter story, and it's and and you can still kind of you can still see. Salteras, but there's definitely some Palmer influence, and that's. But it's um, you know, after the first issue, because I was never a real big Danny Ketch fan. I, I I tend to like the characters that when I first found out about, I'm I'm more of a Johnny Blaze fan than I am a Danny Ketch fan, only because I've read Johnny Blaze a hell of a lot longer. So I wasn't really too heavy into Ghost Rider in the '90s, and uh, this miniseries did a pretty good job of getting me caught up on what Danny Ketch was all about and the relationship between he and his brother. In in this miniseries, the spirit of vengeance has left him. You know, he doesn't have it. He's, he's not powered, but he's kind of like living with a death wish. And he ends up getting powers by the end of the issue, but they only last 60 seconds. And the people that he was beating up 
while powered, when the powers disappear, they're out for revenge, and that's where the first issue ends. So I need to find out where it goes from there. But it's 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 not... The powers only last 60 seconds? Well, that was just a tease. It was a taste. Oh. Because he's, he's, he's looking for that. He's now addicted, basically, to that. And because the spirit of vengeance left him and is with his, his brother, he, he wants it back. And, uh, oh. and, and this, you know, he somehow was granted these powers. There was no penance there. The flames were black. And so it wasn't your typical Ghost Rider look. So I'm curious to see where this miniseries falls into what Jason Aaron is doing with the main series because Danny's going around taking all the powers of the... Uh, th- there are spirits of vengeance all over the world. And Danny, working for... Uh, who's an agent of uh, Zekiel, or Zekiel, he, um, he's just going around to different ghost riders and uh, taking the powers from them and basically then just leaving the husk and, and these people are, are dead. And he, he took the spirit of vengeance from Johnny Blaze. So now the ghost rider is a legacy type character now? Yes. Like, like the iron fist? Yes. Yeah, and, why not? And Jason Aaron is doing some amazing stuff with the ghost rider. And, and the Danny Ketch story is written by uh, Simon Spurrier, who was doing what oh. gutsville with the, Fraser Irving. Yeah. So, um... And when you think about it, any type character that requires a host could become a legacy character. Yes. But, you know, so, I mean, I've been reading uh, reading that mostly, and... uh, Before you move on, I remember being ostracized in the, what was it, the late 90s when they changed the Ghost Rider costume to the red jumpsuit with the yellow stripes. I thought that was the shit, and I'll tell you... Almost unanimously, everyone at the comic shop was like, "Dude, you are insane." <laughs> of course, I, so it's not just us. <laughs> not it really is. It's. it's I just like the look of it. It just screams speed. That's what I don't know. Oh, it works for the Flash. Yeah, I'm, I'm just a fan of the old Johnny Blaze Carnival blue yep. oh, yeah. suit, and that's what. Yeah, that's that. That's what I love. And just getting back to mutants real quick. The original the M word. I know. The, well, it's not Hulk. The original Sin crossover between Wolverine Origins and X-Men Legacy wrapped up, and that wasn't too bad. I didn't know where it was going, because you had Mike Harry writing the X-Men portion and the um, and Daniel Way writing the Wolverine Origins portion, and it was all about Wolverine, Logan, making amends with his son. And um, I still really don't care for Dakin. And now, because of the solicits for what's going on, uh, you know, obviously, Dakin is a member of the Dark Avengers. So I'm not sure where he falls into Norman's web of uh, whatever. And, uh, you know, I, it, it, this was just a... In the, fun- the, ben, the Bendis triangle of I don't give a shit. <laughs> Yay, well, bring it. You know, David, your point, I... I I don't know what you thought of X twenty three when she first came out, but I I still don't like her. I okay. I never. I didn't read it. I didn't read it when it first. I didn't know about her when when it was first happening, and I wasn't reading uh, New you know X Men. Here, here's a little praise for Marvel. The X twenty three miniseries. Well, that's really what I was just gonna say. Yeah, really good miniseries. Yeah, I thought it was very right good too. Well, you were I mean, also we talked into about it. it. Yeah, yeah, you were into it because of the Mike Choi schoolgirl artwork. Yeah, that's and true. and Choi Choi is is drawing the current. X Force arc. So so Clayton Crane did the first like six or seven issues. Choi's doing 
in the first six issues, Choi did seven, eight, and nine, and he'll, you know, whatever five parts for this this arc. So he's still drawing Laura as far as you know her being in this in this book. The thing that kind of kills me with 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 X twenty three is the whole you know claw in the foot, and I just I look at that and I'm just like I don't I don't I don't get it. I mean I yeah we. You know, this is all comic books, and it's all claws in the hand makes sense. Claw on the foot, nah, too much. <laughs> well, no, two sorry, things. I don't see it. <laughs> One, I know what you're saying because I guess if you read the miniseries that we're talking about, it, X23 spoilers for those who care, but she's the she's the clone. She's mm-hmm. a successful a successful clone of. And, a, and why and why was she a successful clone over all of the other clones? Because she's they used female chromosome. Yeah, okay. Uh, so. On one hand, you could argue that since she's not an exact clone, but she's just a successful embryo, that she could develop the mutation in a slightly different way, which I understand. But my point on bringing X-23 up, though, is that I hated her when she first came because I said, God, we have Wolverine's one of my favorite characters. He's already super overexposed. They brought this young teen female version of him, and I said, no, it's the last thing we need. But I have to say that X-23 miniseries and subsequent appearances with her kind of have won me over. I've, I've become used to her. And now, now da- Doc and... Uh, Dak and Doc and however you say it. I, I, I have no, rocking. I have no use for him. <laughs> Tooth and nail, baby. Awesome LP. That's right. <laughs> yeah. And and they brought him into the Wolverine mythos with the origins and stuff. And I thought, great. You know, here's it's the last thing we need is another Wolverine knockoff. And now it seems like he's he's omnipresent too, and he's going to be one of the Avengers. It's just uh, very very bumped about that. I mean, I'll give it the benefit of the doubt. Maybe they'll. Yeah. Yes. But I, it's hard for me to. And and to make things even worse, I have always wanted Wolverine to return to his his brown and brown costume, his brown yes. and and again, just based on the cover solicit. So I don't know if it's going to actually be that way, but from the cover solicit, it looks like they're putting Dakin Dakin in that costume, yeah. which makes it even harder to palette because I love that costume. But. I don't I don't even know who you guys are talking about. Yeah, me neither. But that's okay. I'm assuming. Yeah, Wolverine. Another differential claw. He has. Yeah, he has two claws that go in the Wolverine direction, and the other one comes out of his wrist in the other direction. Which Talk about the, the worst. That is for so nineties. <laughs> they, they should give him a dew claw. There you go. <laughs> Wait a minute. Let me turn around. I got to get you. We had to remove that if you're going to talk X-23 and and you liking the character, I think you got to attribute a lot of that to Kyle and Yost. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, because, <laughs> you know, I was soured on the character initially, too, but they just write her so well. Nope, and, they, they, you know, she's fleshed out like a – she's got uh, the uh, – the problems of a kid and the uh, emotional kind of makeup of an adult because of all the crap she's been through. I just like her. I think she's uh, she's a little cutie, and I, I love damaged goods, just like you know, like Mia from Green La- uh, Green Arrow mm-hmm. and X twenty three. There, you Apparently just your want wife does too. Yeah, what does she know? <laughs> you know, you just you, you want these kids to to succeed. You want to see them do well, and maybe that's the whole thing. I just like the underdog. Sure. It's, Everything stacked against her, so yeah, she's all right. I kind of like the foot claw. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll leave no, no, I'm not saying you're wrong. But. No, no, no. I mean, it's just, yeah, I know. Claws out the forearm or out the the hand is one thing, but it's just I'm not gonna get into it now. I'll, I'll read the, the too minis. I just I can't take the foot, and I love feet. I just I, you know, there's five <laughs> five toes down. <laughs> Whoa, oh, too yeah. much information. Yeah, too really. Much information. I, I just you know. I just think scorpion when I say it. It just. <laughs> 
because the not not scorpion uh tarantula because the the tarantula was one of my favorite villains from spider-man i like camel toes i don't one last thing about (laughs) x-force since 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 we won't get off it with the x-23 talk domino is also in it right now oh really yeah tell me about you know i love domino right i do now uh my i had a freddie williams commission done of domino deadpool and the constrictor one (laughs) one half of the of the of of, a, of of an incarnation of the six pack, I love Domino. I think she's great. Although never really, never really understood her as a character. Really, she she's just not. has yeah. a luck factor. Well, well yeah, yeah, growing I mean, I up on the little the, I understand the power. I just never understood the character. It's uh, it, it's just kind of like she just kind of appeared in the the Weefield X yeah. universe, and I never well, really created dozens. I mean, dozens yeah. of characters, and it was pretty much a shtick, right, to create new characters and. Yeah, I mean, yeah. she was originally part of the six pack that was hunting down Cable, and they were all his old teammates. But she's one of my favorite hero clicks. There you go. <laughs> no, she's she great. She, um, stealth, great. Probab- probability it. control. Oh, which nice. whenever, you have, whenever you have luck like me, you 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 need it. But no, she's a great great play piece. But uh, yep. yeah, I've always been intrigued by the character, but never really felt like she was. I always what she's got a thing for Cable, right? Yeah. Yeah. But also a thing for Wolverine, apparently. Right. Yeah, apparently, right. yeah. Well, then, yeah. Yeah, Wolverine and Matt Murdock. I don't know who's been with more women. Wolverine. Mm. Well, more more, more Wolverine's women have lived, so. No, I just mean Wolverine's, what, 100 and 150 yeah. years old or something? Yeah. No. Okay. This is Daryl. You know what? Dark Rain? It's the Dark Rain of $4 fucking comics. You see that, right? See how they did that little trick right after the big event, get you to read all the books, and then they charge you $4 for everything. I'm telling you, it's happening. It's over. Watch that stuff. Oh, and thanks, Mike Norton, for calling me a wacko. That's cool. I feel so blessed. Later. Can I talk about Top Cow for a little while? Ah, uh, first let's... Well, yeah, I you can. I'll snap my drink, so sure. You <laughs> go do that. I'll talk about Top Cow. I'm going to take a leak. And... What were you going to say, what? Well, before you go on your weekly Top Cow love fest, I wanted to give some love to Image. Yeah, all right, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, so the the new solicits are out. The new previews came out last week. And for me, it's looking – it was a great – I love Image Comics. It, they're an imprint that I'll pretty much give and any – you know what, Wood? Image Comics loves you. They love me. I, they really do. Especially after this pimp. So it looks like this is a Man of Action month. For those that don't know, Man of Action is four guys. Uh, what Steven Siegel, Joe Kelly, uh, Joe Casey, and who's the, who am I missing? Oh, Duncan Rouleau. Um, four they, very rich guys. At yeah, the yeah, yeah. They created Ben 10, the very, yeah. uh, very successful <laughs> job. But they're also all acting uh, comic book artists and creators. Yep. Writers and, and artists, Duncan Rule is both, um, and Joe Kelly, of course, is the the granddaddies of of, of Deadpool lore. So I, I love him. Um, he's just but he is, he is, yeah. So, he's, so yeah, Kelly and Casey have been doing some good stuff on their own, and, and we've talked about them a bit of late. But but this month, Image has got a bunch of new number ones solicited, and it, every man of action has at least one new title coming out and I, I have to say I'm ordering every single one of them at least the first issue they all look terrific I don't know if you guys took a look yet but Steven Siegel's doing a book it's a five issue book called Soul Kiss which uh, is is illustrated by a guy named Marco 
Cinello, an Italian guy. I don't, I'm not familiar with his work, so I don't know if, if you guys know him. But uh, but basically, it's about a woman who has to bring ten souls uh, to save someone. She has to she has to deliver ten. Um, not a new, not a new idea, but but it's in, she has to deliver ten innocent souls to hell, uh, sealing each with a kiss. So that yeah, that could be pretty cool for a limited series. Um, but the one I'm really excited about is uh, Bad Dog. It's it's Joe Kelly's, and uh, again, it's uh, illustrated by someone I don't know, Diego Greco, another Italian gent. But um, but they're pimping it as the acclaimed writer of Deadpool returns to his antihero roots with this this character Bad Dog, and it's uh, it's about two misfit bounty hunters, and they're just. Uh, one of them's a gutter mouth ex preacher. It just looks hilarious. <laughs> so, so is, wait, all, it's not it's not dog the bounty hunter, right? <laughs> oh no no no. Well, no no. It's it's a bounty hunter that happens to be a dog. Oh, <laughs> uh, an anthropomorphic character, if you will. Uh, and then Duncan Rouleau's got the Great Unknown, which is a new ongoing, uh, which looks terrific. Um, it's uh, it, that one looks right up Vince's alley because it's. Uh, Vince, it's, they say it, it, it's about a guy taking one weird paranoid story after another to defend his directionless life. So there you go. That's that's right up your alley. But anyway, and then um, and then Image has another book coming out, which is um, not by any of those guys, but it looks terrific and it's got a Mike Allred cover, uh, Jersey Gods Number One. It's yeah. By, yeah, yeah, it looks terrific. Uh, basically, it's a high maintenance Jersey girl marries a a god. Um, and so he has to live in Jersey, and, and in between and being God, movie will star Fran Drescher. Oh God, <laughs> uh, future senator yeah. Fran Drescher. Yeah, I was going to say it's future senator. Yeah, and you think Illinois yeah. politics are? Yeah, I just I was waiting. Suck for on that. that. <laughs> so mad props to Image for having I think six 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 new number ones solicited that I'm I'm going to give every one of them a try. I can good. continue the Image love. Savage Dragon 139 to 141. I got all three in one DCBS box. That's how fast Larson's kicking out the Savage Dragon. Nothing <laughs> else to do. But, but the work is not suffering. It's really great stuff. Give me one second because I, 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 I want to get the name you of can't, the Because you can't actually swallow what you just said? What? Oh, stop that. Swallow. What did he what did No, what, what did I say? That You said give me one second because you said you know it's how fast Larson's putting it out and everything's <laughs> great looking and... Hang on one second. There he goes, down into the vault. <laughs> past the, the children, straight into the wall. That's the Dark Uncle Scrooge shrine. <laughs> no, Daddy will feed you tomorrow. Back in your box. <laughs> so, David, while we have Vince gone and Chris is refreshing his drink, what did you think of Secret Invasion? Recently? I... Uh, I didn't hate it. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to read it again. I'm not, I don't know if the right word is indifferent. I wasn't blown away, but uh, I, I'm not a fan of past tense narration. You know, the right. first seven issues were all happening now, and it's happening yeah. as we speak. And now all of a sudden we get to this issue, and it's like, well, this is how we wrap things up. And it's like, well, I didn't see how it got wrapped up. You didn't, you're, you're telling me how you wrapped it up. I didn't live through it quote unquote as I did the first seven issues so that is that's cheap to me I can't yeah not a fan of that um, it's nice to see how things are going to look on the flip side whereas you know Tony tried to do everything right for the past year and now we're going to see how someone who doesn't think that way is going to treat things he should be on the run the prick <laughs> <laughs> he hurt you 
on that. <laughs> any, any of you guys read Savage Dragon at all? I've never I read. I stopped at twenty. I've, you yeah. should read it. Bec- no, you should because it takes place in Chicago. <laughs> well, yeah, and I like less crime to read about. He doesn't need to read about another cop. Um, I th- I love the uh, I love the Savage Dragon that's popped up. Same Savage Dragon, obviously, but in uh, in proof, fun character. And yeah, I, sh- I should probably jump back into into reading it. Does it? It has the the Vince B stamp of approval. Oh um, hell yeah! The the last about six or seven issues are really guest star heavy. Uh, the Godland characters were in it. Invincible. Uh, let's see who else was in it. Witchblade, Spawn, uh, Jack Staff. It's just uh, th- the setup is there's this character called Solar Man who has powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. You get the picture. It's it's essentially Superman in in the Image universe, and he's somehow his powers have exploded to the point where nobody can can lay a glove on the guy and he's taken it upon himself to rid the world of wrongdoers in a way where superman would never think of doing he's killing people he's running around killing supervillains and if you know larson and the way he operates it's very graphic he's ripping guys apart pulling heads off blowing guys up it's it's nasty and dragon and company are trying to take him down so push comes to shove, you find out why this solar man has become so powerful. Uh, Rex Dexter stumbles upon this sphere in uh, solar man's sanctum sanctorum or fortress of solitude, whatever you want to call it. And he makes the fortunate decision to open up the sphere. And out of the sphere comes all these golden age heroes. The, the uh, project superpowers guys. Mm-hmm. The daredevil and, and all the <laughs> but, ones. Yeah, but they're all they're all uh, uh, the Larson version of them. No, they <laughs> are the no, they're the Project Superpowers guys. Oh wow! Okay. Uh, I wonder if you could. Yeah, the Ross and um, the. Uh, are you familiar with the Image Next Issue project, mm-hmm. where they they'll take fa- uh, series from the Golden Age that have ended and and, and like oh, what if, right? What if they were published today? All those characters pour out of the sphere and it turns out that solar man was sapping these guys for their power and boosting himself up and once rex dexter let him out uh his power started to wane and it just so happens that savage dragon connected with a punch at the very same moment that rex dexter let all these guys out and he shears the top of solar man's head off on live television (laughs) <laughs> so so uh, Savage Dragon is now persona non grata in the Image universe. He's not looked upon too kindly. And that's where the series is going. So but you get Witchblade, Spawn, it's just it's like one guest star after another rendered in Larson's inimitable style. I think the guy is just fantastic. And he eats and uh sleeps Kirby, so you know what it looks like. It, it's very Kirby esque. It's a great fun little book. And it comes out like clockwork now. So if you're if you're interested in, in in tapping Savage Dragon for some good old fashioned comic book fun, you said tap Savage Dragon. Tap the Savage uh, Dragon. It's awesome. <laughs> and yes, hey, I said that for Jacob Ruskoff. I said it's uh, awesome. Um, uh, a little bit more Top Cow love, Top Cow affiliated love, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. I did not see Wanted at the movie theater this year, but it came out on a DVD and Blu-ray last week, and picked it up, 
and uh, watched it this weekend. Have you guys? Did, did you see Wanted? The, I, I saw it. I didn't read it. And would have you seen it yet? I have not seen it yet. No. And Vince read it. Didn't see the movie. Watch the movie. Oh, two hours of just action-packed fun. It is really. It is, yeah, yeah check, is, check your mind at the door, but just, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, like Chris said, it is fun. Just absolute, just just balls to the wall, action, fun, um, amazing effects, great sequences. It's, Angel, um, it, do what? She's too skinny yeah, in this, though. Uh, she is, is she really? she, yeah, yeah, she's yeah. a little thin in this. You do get, uh, you get, do get a nice get little a butt nice shot, shot, though. And Morgan Freeman's uh, the fucking man. Uh, Freeman's great in it. Uh, I actually really like the guy that uh, that played the 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 main character, um, who you know. Oh, uh, the, McAvoy. The, yeah, who in the comic is obviously Eminem. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, really, I really would have liked to see the shit guy. Oh yeah, the. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm sure Miller would have loved to have seen it too. <laughs> you know, but the thing is, if you were gonna take, if you were gonna take that story, if you were gonna take Wanted the comic book and make it into a movie, this was the way to do it because they really did take the, um, the kind of super powered comic book element out of it, and it worked for, it worked for a high energy um, action. And there was, you know, they had, you know, some kind of, you know, very super, not supernatural, but super powered kind of elements to it. But for a for a big budget, you know, big action flick, it worked. And I didn't mind them taking that stuff out because, you know, the the wanted story in the comics is great. You just, yeah, I don't know if you could have done that and and made a good movie out of it. So yeah, I absolutely loved it. It was great. I'll have to check it out now. I wasn't planning on it. It's yeah, fun. It's in my Netflix queue. Yep, it's just fun action. Like like David said, you know, don't don't concern yourself with plot and and that kind of stuff. <laughs> or believability on the physics. Ex- yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, absolutely no believability on it, it is it is superhero action because there's just some crazy shit that happens. But yeah, it's it's just it was a fun movie. I I thoroughly enjoyed it. Great great popcorn movie. More Top Cow Love. As we all know, I think it was early in the week or last week, Top Cow announced that they their titles will be two ninety nine through two thousand and nine, mm-hmm. which I think is a great move. Um, any kind of business savvy, notwithstanding, <laughs> uh, I, I do think it's a very good move because I'm a consumer. I consume these things, and if they're going to keep them cheap for as long as they can, or relatively cheap, I was going to say I love how two ninety nine is cheap. Okay, but is there? Are they going to do something to get you to try them out, or do they really think people are going to say, "Well, this comic is three ninety nine. Let me see this one for two ninety nine." If they don't know anything about Witchblade, or the Darkness, or Velocity, or Pilot Season, is someone going to try these books? Well, no prices I think- unto themselves have shown themselves not, that in and of itself, even for well written comics, has not shown to be any kind of help. Okay, okay. well, Casanova fell. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I think the steps they're taking with the book I'm going to talk about in two seconds is a very wise decision and should get anyone who has not tried the book to actually try it. They're going to release the first trade collected edition of this book for four ninety nine, and it comes out this month. Hmm. And I'm talking about Phil Hester's The Darkness. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm going to get it, folks. Go get it because it, yeah. it's good. And they yeah. did the yeah. same with Switchblade. They did the same with Switchblade. Right. But that, again, to that, me, is very idea. smart. But mm-hmm. I think Virgo's the, the definitive word 
the definitive word in your statement was should get people. But right. we've talked about this kind of stuff. People should be reading Proof. They should be reading Fear Agent. But right. Well, don't. these books don't sell themselves. I yeah. mean, the, the, uh, I agree, the, but the publisher I, behind it has to do something to, well, to push no, this thing no, in I front of people. Realistically, though, in, a, in economic times like this where we're going to have 8 to 9% unemployment and people are losing their jobs all over the country, uh, I, I think that those of us that are still going to get our comic fix, unfortunately, we are in the minority. The people that listen to podcasts and participate in forums are in the minority of willingness to try new things sight unseen. So I think if 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 books, if comics like Marvel go to three ninety nine, it's going to mean a even smaller piece of the pie for Dark Horse and okay. Top Cow. And right. I but wish it weren't that way, and I hope I'm wrong. Honestly, I hope a year from now uh, we're hearing about how Top Cow's brilliant move to stay at two ninety nine is. You know, vaulted them up to you know, double the market share they have now. I hope that that would be great because that would give other other smaller press uh, companies the same impetus to do the same thing, and would also put a lot of pressure on Marvel and DC to rethink uh, any further price hikes. But I, as as a as a finance guy, if I had to put money on it, I would say that it's going to have no discernible impact on the. Well, I mean, th- this this is where you know, hopefully the. Uh uh, the LCS owners and managers, um, and I know that Mark does this at uh, uh, at Dark Tower. Is that whenever the uh, the Witch, Witchblade did that, didn't they? Didn't they have a four ninety nine trade? And he probably and and Dark Tower is not a, a huge store, but I know he probably ordered twenty thirty copies of those. He had those at the right at the right at the counter, right by the cash register, yep. stacked up. And says, you know, you know, weekly special, you know, Witchblade Volume One, four ninety nine. You can't order these and throw them in the back of the store and expect people to just realize it. So, you know, those those shop owners that you know are smart enough to say, hey, you know what? A lot of people will try a full trade for five dollars. There, there's no reason that every every comic book store in the country shouldn't order multiple copies of that and be able to move them. Just say, hey, you know what? I've heard this is good. For five bucks, you you can't beat it, you know. Uh, right. But especially but when you the, got. But the majority of comic book owners, you know, comic shop owners and managers aren't that smart, and and so Ooh. they're not. It's yeah. there. There are a lot of bad stores out there. Right, but when you can get this thing through a certain online retailer for two fifty, and who would that be? That, that e- DCBS, of course. That even makes it less of a no brainer. But sure. as far as Top Cow goes. I think they're an anomaly as far as comics publishers are concerned because I don't think there are any bases these guys have yet to cover as far as promoting their books. They had a highly successful Xbox 360 game in the darkness. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they're offering the first volume of their rock solid series for $4.99. They have the pilot season, which pushes new content in, in, in front of the eyes of, of comics readers. Witchblade has been on television. It has a, a a very successful animated series. How much can Top Cow do to get their characters out of there? I, I mean, in front of people's eyes. I think they're doing a pretty good job. Yeah, I think they're doing uh, a very good job. I, I think Top Cow, though, also has the unfortunate, they have an uphill battle in that, uh, well, I shouldn't say uphill, but it's it's a unique situation in that uh, their titles now that I think are worth reading and that they are doing some interesting things with, like Witchblade, like The Darkness, do unfortunately have a stigma to them for a lot of people. Um, and, and a lot of people haven't given them a second chance because they remember them for Stemming being from what the they origins. were. Right, which yeah. was just mm-hmm. image 90s, huge TNA, no real stories. 
and they were that for a long time. And even if you know you talk to Hester and those guys now when they do interviews, uh, these guys admit as much before they you know they all took it, took over the books. So I think they have a, it's kind of a unique situation in that regard too. I think a lot of longtime comics fans are very familiar with those titles but don't want to give them a second chance. Uh, and that's mm-hmm. unfortunate. I, I I agree with you. I, I'm giving them a second chance because of your incessant. Uh, Beating uh, me up every week. I mean, I ordered the Witchblade trade. How could you? Like you said, how could you? DCBS was a three. It was three bucks. I'm going to get a whole trade, and then I I, yeah. I reordered the Darkness trade. So I'll give it. It's just it's unfortunate that the first trade that they offered for 4.99 is far and away not the best one of the bunch. You I mean, mean it, it, yes, it, it gets progressively better, uh-huh. and it really kicks into gear with trade number three. Mm-hmm. So if only they could have started there, but then it wouldn't make much sense to people. Yeah. Yeah. You had to start with the with the revival. But hey, yeah. I, I try I try and get people started on Fables as a series. And if you go back and reread that series, admittedly, the first story arc in Fables isn't the best. It yeah, really, the first trade is definitely. You're right. You're totally right on yeah. that. It, 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 it it took that about ten twelve issues to really get going. Mm-hmm. Right. But fortunately for Darkness, this first trade hits the ground running. It's top notch stuff. And if you told me that Phil Hester would would uh, I mean I love his 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 superhero stuff, but if you told me that he would write a very convincing, believable darkness story, and really make the character his own, that's what he did. I I probably wouldn't have believed you. Is Chuck Satterley co-writing that or no? Co-writing, co-writing what? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just I was gonna say, uh, <laughs> Phil, Phil doesn't need Chuck to co-write. It. No, I'm kidding. I mean <laughs> Phil and Chuck were co-writing. Uh, thirteen, uh, 13 steps. Step. Yeah, before, yeah. Before Chuck, it, it's it's tough when your main character <laughs> is a scumbag. For you know to to grab some connection with the reader, but Hester did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Jackie, do you, do almost. You re- do you realize how much stuff um, Hester has written before this? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. No, I, I was yeah. just making. A, no, I, I, I but yeah, not, not yeah. just not just you uh, would. I know you're joking, but I don't know if a lot of people out there that are familiar with his art realize how much how much writing experience he has and it's some seriously dark fucked up shit you know if you've read yeah. the co- the coffin is mm-hmm. um Ill, um uh drawn by chicago and mike huddleston by the way yeah I, he's he's written some great stuff i i like phil's writing so i read five six and seven now if you remember from the last time i talked about the darkness in a nutshell, jackie estacado holds up in a south american country hooks up with a chemical engineer named Kirshner, who finds a way to, to synthesize the darkness into a highly addictive drug. Estacado has the whole country under his heel. Everybody's addicted. There turns up a group of rebels who don't like what he's doing, and they make, take steps to change it. So at, at the point of this issue, Estacado can't mate, can't be a, with a woman because of the darkness. So what he does is he grows a woman out of the darkness and... As you may think, she gets pregnant. Now, that's just sick to begin with. That's just kind of nuts. But the baby's born, and it is a being of pure darkness, and it does not like what's going on. But meanwhile, the rebels have Jackie hooked up to a, a suicide vest. If he ever, t- they captured him. If he tries to make a wrong move, they're gonna he's, they're gonna end his life. In the heat of battle, Kirshner somehow I won't say how gets the trigger device and, as you may think, blows Jackie Estacado literally in half. Now, I'm not going to tell you where it goes from there, but you just got to read it. I mean, Hester owns this title. And Michael Broussard on art, obviously he comes from the, uh, 
<sighs> Silvestri school. But if you're going to draw the darkness, that's the school you want to come out of. You know, he, mm-hmm. he, he's very good. This kid has it nailed. And it's Silvestri-like, but it, it doesn't mimic Silvestri's style. It's in the same ballpark. So it's just a great little freaking title. And I wish more people would read it. Based on my praise for it, <laughs> I'm probably losing readers now, but it's a great little book, I'm telling you. And covers by Kieran, um, not Kieran Dwyer, um, Dale Keown, mm-hmm. who we associate with the Hulk. Mm-hmm. And the Pit. Darkness Baby Room. And the Pit, yeah. And in issue seven, which takes place after the initial arc, there's a kind of, let's say, TV's Hulk esque story where you have Jackie wandering around the countryside encountering characters much like david banner did in the hulk tv store uh show so and uh <laughs> and it's drawn by jorge lucas uh, good old jorge yes it's, it's just <laughs> it <laughs> are there any american artists anymore no well it's maybe if the american my friend it's all about well, we, we, we've mentioned like what norton and that's about it Scotty oh, but yeah, it's Scotty. Well, I don't know. Scotty's, Scotty's from Venus. Uh, no, he's not. Uh, no, uh, McGinnis is McGinnis. Uh, is he American? I, I think so. It's all men. It's all these all these European artists. I mean, they're good, but yeah, it's kind of uh, wait. Marcos Martin. Where's this guy from? I don't know. I, I don't know. He's from Awesome. Um, <laughs> <laughs> way, I think our listeners, those that don't know Vince personally, must think he he reads five books a month. <laughs> you love the same. I I don't I don't harp on the same shit all the time, do I? <laughs> yeah, you do. I mean, Jesus, I talked about Red Friggin' Hulk tonight. <laughs> I know, but come on. No, that's only because the first. That's only because the first collection came out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think you're you actually read like you said about twenty-seven. Oh, I I was not stretching. I think it's a fantastic book. Uh, yeah. Mister uh, Mister Martinez from Spain. Before I forget, is he really? I read a Star Wars omnibus, but I'll save it for next week. Oh, good. Okay, because then I'll talk about the Clone Wars. And get this. There's a story in this omnibus drawn by Chris Sprouse and inked by Terry <laughs> oh, Austin. Get out of here. Really? <laughs> yeah. The sexiest. By what is the name of this? Princess Splinter of the Mind's Eye. It appears oh. in Star Wars Omnibus Early Victories. Is it yeah. an adaptation of the novel? It's an adaptation of Alan Dean Foster's original novel, which unfortunately was the first Star Wars novel written yeah. after Lucas's treatment, so they had it. If you were, have you ever read it? No. Well, it has a very I mean, unfortunate I had it years ending. ago, but no, I never finished it. Well, Darth Vader gets killed in this yeah, novel, that really and like, can't work. Lucas, Lucas was like, "Don't! Why did I sign <laughs> off on that?" But <laughs> the oops. But obviously, they changed the ending for this adaptation. But it's adapted by Terry Austin, so he did the script, and he does the uh, finishes the inking. <sighs> Color, color by James Sinclair. Pencils by Chris Sprouse. That's it. Uh, you is, had me right there. It's the sweetest Bench. Princess Leia you have ever seen. I'm mm. not kidding. There's a, yeah, there's a section of the story where they have to infiltrate a mining complex. And wouldn't you know it, the mining outfits are like black leather. So you have Princess Leia running around in black <laughs> leather. With the buns going on, I don't care if you got the Cinnabon hairdo going on. You are in black leather. Look at you. And it's just, and, and the most attractive Luke Skywalker I think I've ever seen. Hey, now. No, he's got the boyish looks. Yeah, Mark Hermel pre-accident. Okay. Yeah, he's, he's a little bit rugged. It's just great. And there, there's, there's a page that, that Sprouse draws Vader talking to um, Admiral whatever. And literally gorgeous 
rendition of Darth Vader. Flawless. Splinter of the Mind's Eye. It's in the Star Wars omnibus called Early Victories. That is worth it alone. But get this. I guess I am talking about it, aren't I? Yeah. The, the, the lead-in story. And talking, it's a four- and I don't know Shut up. Wait, one more thing. <laughs> no, the, get, David, David's going to go nuts. The lead-in story, it's, it's a four-issue series called Vader's Quest. Pencils, inks, and letters by Dave Gibbons. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> colored, by, colored by Angus McKee. Does that name ring a bell? Uh, I haven't heard that in ages. He was the creator of the astoundingly beautiful, uh, I don't want to say astoundingly beautiful, the amazingly <laughs> colorful. The <laughs> me. Look for the right no, he's, he, there, Vince. Yeah, he's the creator of So Beautiful, So Dangerous that appeared during the heyday of heavy metal. Yes. It's a mind trip. It's yeah. just excellent stuff. And one more thing to get you to buy it. There, there's a trio of stories at the end, illustrated by Brett Blevins. Ooh. Yeah, Moss, <laughs> tales, Dude. tales from, uh, tales from Moss Eisley, ah. drawn by Brett Blevins. Happy fucking Hanukkah for me. This is a great book. <laughs> you got to get it. I am now. Holy oh. shit! Star Wars. Speaking of books, you have to get. But it's it's written by Bruce Jones. The last well, story. Stop. So. Oh. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> oh. you have to go out? But like they're that? actually good. They're good. They're, they're they they're uh, they have a little bit of an old Henry twist to them. So it, they're Star Wars tales, but they're, it's like Star Wars meets Tales from the Crypt. So it's kind of cool. Let's stick with Dark Horse for a second. Do it. The Dylan Dog Case Files. Right. I posted on the forums, and thanks so much for all of your feedback, everyone. I really appreciate it. Well, not, not many people have read them. <laughs> but uh, I, I remember the name from a year ago listening to an interview um, with a couple European creators. It was Mahmoud Azrar, who, who's the penciler on Dynamo 5, uh, mm-hmm. and Simone Bianchi, who's doing... Excuse me, Astonishing X-Men now. Uh, and I, it was separate interviews, but they both, in a relatively short period of time, when we're discussing their interest in comics and what they read, both mentioned Dylan Dog, which at the time meant nothing to me other than the name. Um, but I you know, Googled it, saw that it was a relatively successful, long-running um, European horror book. Uh, so I said, oh, it looks interesting, but... Um, as far as I knew, there was no English. There was no available English collections. You, you have to pay big money on eBay for. Yeah, there is. Now there is exactly. No, so, there there exists some from the early '90s, published by Dark Horse. Well, it, not cheaply. It, it's yeah, not, cheaply. Well, they. Well, no, I'm not. I'm not doubting you, but they put out a series of digests. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, no, that, that's right. But but early '90s, you're talking. That's 15 years ago. You can't. They're out of print. They're not in print. Is my point. Oh, so, are they really? Yeah, that's a shame. So. But Dark Horse is soliciting this month a 680-page digest-sized case files omnibus of Dylan Dog. In oh, English. get it. And Gotta it, get it. It says in the solicit, unavailable in English for almost a decade. Um, but I, if you have any interest in horror, and when you, when you hear artists, formative artists from Europe talk about the book as one of their formative books, I mean, that's a pretty big... Uh, selling point to me. I mean, if it was inspirational to to, to a number of guys you know, um, that, that I think are doing great work now in the business. Um, so it's it's so you're talking about 680 pages with a 24.95 cover price. So mm-hmm. DCBS is what probably it's 40 percent off. So 15 bucks for 680 pages of mm. of classic horror goodness. I I, yeah. I, I can't imagine that you're not going to get your money's worth out of that, even if you only like a fifth of the stories, right? So. Anybody that that likes horror or is all interested in the formative artistic um, uh, roots of, of of some of the the various and sundry Italian creators that are popping up all over mainstream now, um, I think 
definitely worth giving a look this month. So it's the Dylan Dog case files. Give it, give it to a get it to get an idea of what it's going to look like when you open that book up. Think Mike Mignola meets Eduardo Rizzo mm-hmm. me, meets Ernie Ernie Cologne. Wow. Ooh. Yeah, I'll buy that. that. I mean, I, that's yeah. It's in that neighborhood. The cover uh, Mignola does the cover of the of the new omnibus. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Well, and um, just while we get in the Wayback Machine for one second, the Dylan Dog series was published concurrently with Martin Mystery and Nathan Never. I think they published four or five volumes from each character. They have Art Adams covers, some of them. Some wow. of them have Mignola covers. Yeah, I have the whole set on my bookcase. They're, they're awesome. I just can't reach it to tell you who drew Dylan Dog. I can't get the damn book down. But yeah. You know, the, uh, stuff. Um, the Creepy Archives Volume 2 came out today. Yeah, I know. Yeah. What do you say? Disappointed. <laughs> I, I I had to pass on that. Yeah, it, I want I want it so bad. I know, but it's fifty bucks. Um, I know it's they're expensive, and I'm a couple EC archives behind right now, so it, it's hard to justify. But um, I wanted to ask you because actually Tom and I were talking about it at the shop tonight. How many issues did Creepy run, or how many are going to be in these archives? Creepy ran, I think, a hundred and forty issues. But a lot of the stuff in the later years, they would recycle work that was maybe like two or three years down the line. So how People, many? I mean, how they, ma- these archives are running what five issues a piece. Yeah, they're not going to reprint. You know, there's a lot of overlap. I'll tell you exactly how many issues Creepy ran. I'm going to say 138. Well, Let's how many? How many? How many? How many archives do you think they will make of those? 146. 146. Okay. I don't know how many archives they're going to do. It depends. What did they end in 1985? Mm-hmm. So you figure five uh, creepies per archive. I don't know. That's going to be a long stretch. Yeah, that's the yeah, archive, roughly. Yeah, I think I'm going to stick with the EC archives. But dude, it, it's so worth it though, especially once you get into the dude, Filipino that's stuff. An, an issue, yeah, for a collector's, and that's expensive, man. Yeah, well, try and buy them for that. In the back issues, yeah. it's, it well, can't no, be done. I mean, but you're, course, you know, but... you're not going to get. And and besides, the creepy and the Warren magazines were published on crap paper. Yeah. Uh, even if you do get a mint one, mint for a Warren book is not analogous to mint for another book. Sure, it, but it, that's not a real fair pulpy. You could, you could buy a DC showcase book of you know with early Bat- Batman or Superman issues, which would collectively cost you. <laughs> You know, a few thousands. hundred thousand dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah, yeah. But, but you can buy that. I mean, I'm just saying, so I don't, I understand they're expensive to get their own, but I would presume that most people wouldn't even consider reading this stuff if it weren't in the collected edition. So yeah. I think yeah. you can only compare it to other collected editions that are out there. You not, know, what, what, if, if they're going to do more um, collected stuff of the black and white stuff, I've been, um, uh, really wanting Marvel to come back and and collect some of the Marvel magazines, you know, the Marvel Adventures yeah. and that kind of stuff. You know, some of my favorite uh, X Men stories were in the 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 black and white magazine. Yeah, the Rampaging Hulk, the X Men, and that they did that. Awesome. They did the essential Rampaging Hulk. Yeah, that again too. That that's like printed on tissue paper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I love the essentials, but for if you want a, a, any kind of resiliency to the book. Those things are going to turn brown in like two years, three years. Well, you got what you pay for it, right? Like 14, 15, 16 bucks. No, I know right. what you're I, under, I understand that. But getting, just for a second, getting back to the creepy archives, I think it was almost a mistake for Richardson to do these in hardcover format. I think they would sell a lot more as you know, trade paperbacks. Or, yeah, like yeah. a. Well, no, no, um, I'll, 
uh, like what like, they did with the uh, the Conan. What what would do better if he had done the uh, Savage Sword of Conan in an oversized archive edition, oh. or or <laughs> or done the the creepy? I you know if they had done Savage Sword of Conan in in hardcover archives, I would I would buy those in a heartbeat. It's that, still the same caliber of work though, but Conan awesome. is a much more recognizable character. Yeah, it's more accessible. Yeah more accessible yeah so but have you ever uh, paged through some of the the conan uh, savage swords um collections oh they're beautiful they are but there are certain pages here and there that you could tell that they didn't have the originals and they shot from the the printed page and you get the moray pattern and stuff i mean small price to pay for getting that much conan for that price mm-hmm. vintage conan but oh, yeah. you, you could tell that all of the source material was not there yeah no big deal well but, but in, the, in, the, in the package that they're you know releasing it in that's kind of Okay. Yeah, it's it's almost yeah. expected, really. Yeah. yeah, that's fine. Let's track yeah. those track those originals down. I'm sure they're out there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when you couldn't give them away. Really? Savage sort of yeah, Savage sort of Conan back in the day. Yeah, they didn't they didn't go for well. Nothing went for big bucks back in the day, except you know your your Silver Age stuff. Now yeah. everything commands a high price. It's kind of ridiculous, actually. There's I think st- so too. Yeah, there's some stuff that's. I just don't understand. I mean, recent back issues. Speaking of the Hulk, go to my comic shop and try and buy the Hulk back issues. They're like 13, 14 bucks. For, Are they really? Uh, which is crazy. I mean, uh, well worth it. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Well, <laughs> does, it, does it matter which cover, though? Because, I mean, obviously you'll have some. No, of the no, Red no these Hulk, are still the regular the covers. I mean, for okay. the. If, if you go to. Um, I mean, you, you guys know if you buy the 2010 con season, they'll be in, they'll be in discount pins. I mean, they're not. Oh, yeah. Not, no modern yeah, comic well, that, should have that kind of markup unless it's no, you know, let's go over it. <laughs> and then it go, again, are, are, have we become so attuned to you know uh, hot comics commanding high dollar value that you just can't wait a couple months for the eventual collected edition? You could probably get the hardcover for what you'd pay for one of those if you look around to get a deal. Yeah, Why I think you would you shell out that kind of money? It just depends. I mean, if you really like single issues or something, but but I wouldn't. I agree. It's it, for a comic that's, that's modern. I couldn't see paying up for that. Uh, it just doesn't. No. Like the Umbrella Academy, I didn't read that when it was coming out. But then, mm-hmm. just as the final issue or two were, were <laughs> wrapping up, I I got turned on to it, and so you know, I just went on to eBay and I found one of the one of the online LCSs that list stuff on eBay, and uh, emailed them and, and just bought bought the whole set for you know less than cover price. I mean, you could do that oh, kind sure. of thing. So. And I'm sure you could yeah. find. I believe me. I'm sure there are plenty of LCSs or even probably online places where you could find copies of the Hulk uh, for cover price or around there. But I'm just saying, my comic shop is probably the fairest back issue graders in the business. Oh, yeah, and, and for, so when they're charging thirteen, fourteen bucks, that's solely out of demand. I mean, they're they're getting enough demand that they're marking it up and still selling it. So that, that well, those just are the ones that had the uh, awesome Moon Knight uh, back issue or the. Backup stories, right? Um, when those in the- no. He's not talking about Rampaging Hulk, the magazine. Oh. He's talking about the Red Hulk. Yeah, no, I'm talking about the Red Hulk, yeah. The, 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 oh. the one we just discussed. Oh, well, that, that's oh. just fucking stupid then. Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> but, hey, I, no, I, I, uh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say with mycomicshop.com, you can get solid graded, very good to near mint issues for like next to nothing on there. But I have to agree with what every once in a while you'll come across one and you're just scratching your head like, why is that $14? Yeah. I, I don't understand that. But on the flip side, can you imagine what Mile High wants for those issues? Oh, I know. It's, it's actually a real shame because <laughs> when I discovered my comic shop, this is probably two and a half years ago maybe, when I first started really checking them out. 
their pricing was so crazy good relative to anywhere else. They really had either a disconnect or just they didn't have any kind of pricing algorithm. And probably about a year later, uh, I guess they got wise to that and they put in a whole new pricing algorithm. And now basically they charge over street. That, it, and for a while it was a lot of books would be slightly over guide, but tons and tons of series were way, way, way below guide. And you could, if you knew what you were looking for, you could really buy cheap, cheap back issues and great grades. But now they've gone from having obscenely good deals to now having good, fair prices that, that are better than most other places and, and still four or five times cheaper than Mile High, which, again, I'll say every time someone mentions Mile High, I do not understand who buys from Mile High. I, I cannot fathom who pays those prices. I mean, I get that mail. I, I'm on that email list, and the latest this week was 65 to 80% off every comic in stock. So I said, you know what? There's got to be something I can find. <laughs> You're right, dude. You cannot. I'm, ta- I'm even with eighty percent off most books, you could still go to my comic shop or eBay and get the book for cheaper at, yeah. at a higher grade. It's insane to me, and yet they must do boatloads of business because they've been, they've been doing it. They've been doing it. Yeah, for yeah. So long. It's it's the pedigree you're paying for the mile high pedigree. But I don't understand what that pedigree is because they grade for shit. Even in the the seventies and eighties, in the in the pages of CBG, Mile High pedigree books commanded more money than regular books. I well, that's a little different because the collection that he found, that the, the famous Mile High collection that got him started, was a wonderfully graded, high end collection that he stumbled upon. So that was a le- that has provenance. But but he buys hundreds of thousands mm. of books each and every year now to recycle through his system and they are terrible graded. They are horrible graders. You buy a very fine book from him, any vintage, and a very fine book from my comic shop, I guarantee you nine times out of ten, the book from my comic shop will look three or four grades higher than the than, than the Mile High. And the other thing about him is Mile High doesn't use Overstreet grading. So what he calls very good is not what Overstreet or most guys would call very good. It's, and you have to mile read the high, five. It's Mile High. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's, it's I, just... I, I, it, I didn't Bob Breedle. He had bought something and I, right. I forget the grading, but, but yeah. basically it, it was like a, it had a tear in the cover. And yeah, that, I that's, think it was a hole great. in the cover. Bob yeah. turned me on yeah. to my comic shop because Bob is probably the, the biggest back issue buyer that the, I certainly have ever known. Um, I mean, the guys I think got fifty five, sixty thousand comics, um, and he buys. I mean, his collection goes all the way back to you know the, the golden age, and he buys because of that. He buys mostly in the in the good grade, which you know he when he you're has buying yellow boy comics. Yeah, I mean, when you're buying fantastic <laughs> yellow kid, <laughs> yellow kid. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, I always want to call him yellow boy. Yellow boy. Hey, yellow boy. <laughs> or, or early action comics. Even even good graded comics are still pretty pricey, but you're exactly right. Yeah. He, he told that story, I guess, to a lot of people where he, he ordered a, a bunch from Mile High. And then when he says he spent a lot of money at Mile High, I mean, he's not kidding. He's probably spending a few yeah. hundred a month there at the time. And you figure the guy is a great customer to them. He gets a book and it's got a hole in it. <laughs> he sends it back and says, that's not that's not a, a And they said, well, hey, look at the website. Yeah, we, we so you didn't read our grading policy. Yeah. And so, yeah, they're, they're grading its way off. Hey, I got a question I was going to throw out to you guys. This is um, um, very, very geeky, um, comic book nerdy stuff. I'm getting ready to reorganize my my bookshelves for all my collected stuff, from trades oh, to hardcovers no. and whatnot. How do you guys organize your books? I don't. <laughs> okay. Ser- seriously, I don't. I just shelve things. And, whatever there's room. Um, wood, 
I have a feeling you're probably pretty organized whenever you yeah, go about yeah. this. Yeah, yeah. I, I am do you, organized. Do you do it by publisher, by yeah. author, by... I do it by publisher. Um, okay. I just have, have rows of, uh, of Marvel, DC. Uh, I separate out Vertigo and, uh, and, and other... St- I, have, I actually keep all the other stuff, including Image, which I keep all that together in, in multiple shelves. And just, I do it alphabetically. I don't... So you do so you do Marvel, DC, and indie, or yeah, you do it for lack of a better yeah. word, just anything that's you, not you Marvel keep, or DC. You keep, you, know, you keep all your image together and your Dark Horse together and that kind of stuff. All of it mixed together, yeah. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Wow, I guess my bookcase mirrors my mind. There's, it's a <laughs> it, it's a, it's a, bub- mess. a bubbling cauldron of chaos. Yeah, I got <laughs> shit all over the place. How about you? David? I got new new oh. X Men near Outlaw Nation. It's nuts. Nothing really too organized. I mean, I'll. I'll keep the runs together, like I have uh, the Losers and Harley Quinn and and uh, the the Marvel Knights Punishers and you know, things that have been already completed. I'll keep off to the side in one box. My my collections on the bookshelf. You know, I'll I'll keep the titles together, like like the Daredevils or the Savage Dragon archives. Those are all next to each other, but there's nothing. You know, run, Runaways might be next to Agents of Atlas, which might be next to the Starman Omnibus, and you know, so an Astro City. You know, there's no, there's nothing alphabetical. There's nothing by publisher. It's just um, sometimes it was order, it, organize my shelves. Is, see, there you go. There was, um, I mean, plus for a while there, it was just as I was running out of room in long boxes, things would get moved around so that if something was completed, then I could stick that in one box where. Others were completed. I don't know if to keep going into that box to add more stuff to it. Yeah. Well, I just want to know how you guys did it because I've, I've got a, I got part of a part of a weekend. I'm going to spend um, going through all of my collected stuff and getting it organized because it's a mess right now. I'm probably going to have that same problem because I'm going to take everything in the in the comic boxes and have them library bound. So I'm going to eventually have to organize the stuff. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna have to compare notes because I'm getting ready uh, uh, to send off my first one, which I've decided I'm going to do the first 26 issues of Trinity. Cool. Mm. So so I'm going to get those. That's worth it. Packed up and and ready to go. Uh, well, you know what I heard? I heard don't get one the first time get like three okay why because i guess the turnaround time on them depending on when you hit their uh workflow like if mm-hmm. if they're very busy it's going to take a while for them to get it back to you where whereas if they're not busy the, the turnaround would be very quick so i heard to send actually to send one and then wait a week or two <laughs> send another just so you can keep a, a cycle going you know what i mean Oh, okay. But so, I mean, <laughs> I, this must be from people who are familiar with their work because I have never had anything library bound. I, I, I've seen other people's, but I, I never held my books that were library bound and examined them in that kind of detail that you can do with something that's your own. Yeah. Now, you people, know, when people you see somebody's don't. books, you're like, you're like, yeah, that, that's very nice. But when it's yours, you can take the time to go over it. And, you sure. Know. Now, I heard people say that, you know, I take the staples out of them and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And send them. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm just saying. I want the ads in it because that's part of the time period in which these books oh, sure. are. Oh, yeah. sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Even the, the crappy Nintendo, <laughs> uh, Super Nintendo video game ads. That, the kid, the kid yeah, with the yeah. arm uh, coming out of his yeah, stomach with the yeah, hot Yeah, with the, with, the, <laughs> with the glasses on. But, you know... Have you ever gone back to look at books printed in that era when Nintendo was really starting to advertise heavy in in Marvel and DC books? The ink that they used 
always tends to bleed on the page before it. Yeah. And I, I, I've noticed this in only in that era where, I, I forget what year it was, let's say like maybe 86 to 90 in that, that window where Nintendo had a tendency to make really dark ads and, and the ink would just like suck to the page before it. And you yeah. always get a stipple on those books. And I, I haven't been able to find books that don't have it, even with mine that are in Mylar. It, the pages just seem to seep. Yeah, for some I, reason. I mean, you're totally right. That's one of the things about going back and reading, you know, issues that you grew up reading is seeing those ads because those ads were as much a part of the comics as the actual comics were, and you recognize yeah. them. And yeah, there's there's definitely a nostalgia to them, and uh, yeah, that's a uh, that's a part of them. So whenever I bind my books, yeah, I'll definitely keep those in there. Nothing like turning the page and stumbling upon a hostess Twinkie ad <laughs> with Batman and Robin. Uh-huh. Yeah, with the the, the 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 cowboy Twinkie character. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yep. Yep. The bubble yum ad with the kid wanting yep. a pack of bubble oh. yum. Mm-hmm. While we're on big, the subject, you know what I miss? Chew, big league chew uh, ads. The Jack Davis <laughs> balding ads with Dr. J. <laughs> yep. This is going to really date me. I remember the promo text Marvel used to run on the bottom edge of right. the pages. And that was my, one of my favorite things about reading a page was you'd, 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 you know, get to the bottom of the panel and say, what's going on with Bruce Banner? Find out in the Incredible Hulk 157 or something. Mm-hmm. And, and you'd be like, cool, you know, I mean, maybe I'll check that out. I miss those things. You can't have it now with full bleed art, but back then when, when you had white space yeah. on the top and bottom, you could do it. Ads for Epic or, or for uh, the original, what was going, what Crisis was originally going to be called back mm-hmm. in the 80s. And uh, yeah, there should, gotta get a grit. You know, so many good ads. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't bring up the grit. I know. You know, some, but, some, my favorite uh, house ad was probably the uh, uh, Power Man and Iron Fist ads. I don't remember them. All the ones where um, it's uh, um, it's it's Danny and he's saying you know don't uh, don't let uh, Luke know that I told you but if you don't buy you know Power Man and oh. Iron Fist yeah and then and then, and like then you the have next Luke page was Luke Cage is like if you don't buy a Power Man and Iron and, Fist, I'm gonna yes and and, and <laughs> I'm going to anally rape you Iron, <laughs> Iron Fist would have his hand up to his mouth pointing yeah. at Luke and Luke would. Oh yeah, theater, and it was illustrated by Bill Sienkiewicz. Yeah, okay, yeah, great ads, great ads. I, I'm gonna have to go back and see if I can find some of those and and get them. Uh, I'm I'm sure they're probably on the internet somewhere. But those were yeah. those were some of my favorite house ads that Marvel did. And the old Bolton's page and 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 Shooter's mm-hmm. little column and yeah. My favorite ads were the ones that uh, Gaspar Saldino did for the Marvel magazines. Those were some excellent ads. Oh wow! And they were they were only half page too. You don't remember those? I don't. They'd fan out an issue of Monsters Unleashed, and you'd see the cover, and they'd have some wonderful Gaspar Saldino uh, text. And he had that style where it would just grab you by the throat and say, look at this ad. That's a, di- a dead art form, what, what that man did. Yeah. Meanwhile, by Dick Giordano. DC didn't have as good ads as Marvel. No, but they had uh, they had little things like Ask the Answer Man. Mm-hmm. Um you know, they had their little blurbs and promos. Uh, I remember the full-page Vigilante ad when this series was going to start by Wolfman and uh, Pollard. And um, is, it, is it like the new full-page ads for the new Vigilante series with Wolfram? Wolf, uh, it's uh, 
He's he's writing this one, isn't he? He's writing it. Yeah. Who's the Rick Leonardi? That's right. It's like what yeah. what what what's old is new again. <laughs> Can't go wrong with the vigilante, especially if Wolfman's writing it. <laughs> I miss Adrian Chase though. Okay. Send it on a downer. End it on a dead dude. All right. What do you mean end it? I didn't even get to talk about we, the, thing, the one thing I intended to talk about. Well, why don't you do that? Because I think we got some time left. Let's check out. We have... Oh, we don't have... <laughs> well, see, that'll, bring, oh, that'll, that'll have him come back next week, then. Thanks, right. Wood. Try well, again. Let, tease us, though. What were you going to talk about? I was going to talk about some Alan Moore comics. Oh, Who? Christ. Well, that could be... That's a whole other episode, period. Well, what, what, what book specifically? Top 10. Ah. It's good oh, yeah. for next week, though. Yeah, you want, yeah, because I I have never read a top ten book, so yeah, I'm I'm dying to hear what you take on it. Oh, I think you love it, sure. David. I'm sure. There, there, yeah, thanks. there's so many there's so many little nuggets in that book that you'll just just crack up over. It's it's great. That's yeah, it's awesome stuff. Okay. Yeah, I read both uh, both both trades of the original series uh, whilst in Disney. So I was going to ask you if you took anything with you. Yeah, I took those. I read those. I read the two the first two Wasteland trades, which is by Anthony Johnston and Chris Minton. Chicago one. Chicago one. From Minton. Mm-hmm. And I took the Lucha Libre trade, which just came out. And That's a gorgeous book. <laughs> oh, oh and, and, and at your guys' recommendation, I had Zach Cruz uh, at DCBS throw it into my la- last Ooh. order, and I read the Joker hardcover. Ooh, so cool. Excellent. That was, Zach Cruzy. Yes. That was fantastic. Right? Was, wow, we agree. Yeah. Oh, definitely. That was, that was terrific. I mean, to anyone bitching and complaining that about Batman R.I.P. not coming out at the right time because of the movie. Well, just anyone that walks in a bookstore and sees that Joker hardcover has got got a yep. book that's tailor made for that movie right now. So, mm-hmm. yep, so, so shut the yeah. fuck up. Yeah, absolutely. Which, <laughs> that's Ooh, nice. yeah. Which came out yesterday. The Dark Knight. Yeah, uh, the DVD. Dark Knight. Yep. Mm-hmm. Multiple formats too, with multiple promotional items. Multiple I think the inputs. best of which is the uh, <laughs> you get a Two Face coin at Walmart. And it's actually metal. That's pretty cool. So there you go. We're done. Did you, good to have Wood back. Did you do your homework, what? and have you sent out your Christmas gifts yet? Your holiday gifts, sorry. To- no, not yet. I am still trying to scare up a couple issues of the book that I'm sending to my man. Me too. Me too. I, I, All of them in Mylar, too. Oh, so. oh, oh. Um, I, for, I forgot um, to remind everyone, if you're in the Chicago area, this is probably going to come out on Friday, right? No. <laughs> oh, it's going to come out. T- tomorrow. tomorrow. Okay. Yep. Okay. Then tomorrow on Friday, if you are in the Chicago area, um, please remember to come by Challengers Comics in between five and seven for the James Robinson signing. And if you want to hang around afterwards, we'll be doing an episode of Around Comics with James sitting in with us. That you'll be more than welcome to uh, hang out and listen to us record. And after that, you can help Matt Kramer recompose himself. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Put his clothes back on and I think, I've been getting like an email a day from Matt. It's about, you know, it's like, what's the parking <laughs> like? Is there a place to eat there? Are there books you think I should bring? Blah, 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 blah. So he's very excited. So, yes. Tell James I'm wearing this so we can dress him like <laughs> So if you're in the Chicago area, please come to the signing. It's uh, it's going to be a really fun time. Um, it's at Challengers Comics, which is like a, a not even a block. It's 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 a half a block south of the Blue Line stop on Western Avenue. It's just south of Western and Milwaukee. Cool. So there Sweet. you go. So jealous. 
Absolutely. Uh, we're a great time. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun. So, yeah, and then tune in on Monday for our, our chit-chat with him. Awesome. Can we agree also next week that we'll talk about a little Final Crisis number five? I think so. No, I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> love it. Love David's groans and grumbles. I might, I, might, I might need help going to sleep, so. Oh, did you, oh, did you take a look at it, Wood? I haven't got it yet, no. Oh, okay. Well, we'll save it, it for next it, week. Hey, yeah, no, we'll save it for next week. Nah, but it starts off kick-ass, let me tell you. Yeah, because your man's in it. That's and then I mean. no, not that's not only why it's it's illustrated beautifully. If it, oh, it is. Yeah, but let's not go there. Let's just yeah, let's just say bye bye. Bye bye. Say bye. Get oh, read. Yeah. Oh, um, I'm halfway done with American Gods, and it's really good. Hey, <laughs> you know what? I I kind of abandoned that. I have to start. Oh my god! It. So I abandoned. Okay. Sorry, oh I just god. wanted to throw that in there. No, I didn't. God, I never, I never started. I didn't. Ab- <laughs> poo on you i didn't abandon it from lack of interest i abandoned it because we have to read other things for the show so yeah I put it it's, it's i'm actually listening to it on my way to and from work i got the audio book and cool. it's oh, cool. it's um it's a uh, goodell is is uh radiant same guy that did the uh the stephen king uh dark tower series or the first part of the dark mm. tower series so it's yeah and it's it's awesome so yes good good recommendation yay yeah. All right. Thank you for getting me in. So, read The Darkness. The Hulk. Image Comics. Come. Yeah. Chris. Uh, the, uh, uh, phonogram. Phonogram. Get your asses to a comic shop and pick up Transformers Maximum Dinobots number one, which came out today, and it's awesome. Unheard of. It's, got, gr- it's got Grimlock in it. Wow. You are God, a It's got to be good. Man. You are a mystery. I'm a- Is Stan Lee your daddy? <laughs> It's got grim. You like gladiator movies? All right. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see you guys later. Thanks for being with us. Yeah. (laughs) Bye-bye. I bet bet you're just thrilled they just wasted two hours on us. (laughs) (laughs) Next week, Alan Moore. I would. Oh, yeah. Nice. So...